Welcome to the Cheat Code Corner, where we hit you with the cheat codes to help you advance in the areas that you care about. Today, we have a special guest, my man, Brad Groznik. He is the principal of Groznik PR, Columbia grad, Penn State grad. Let's go Penn State, husband, father, and uh, just a, a great dude, man. I'm so excited, man, for joining. Thanks for hopping on, man. I'm, uh, it's awesome to be here. So, you know, I want to tell you, man, like when I was thinking about, um, you know, someone that I wanted to join, like to join on the podcast, right? I was just thinking about um, one area that I think is really important for folks to hear about is, is, is entrepreneurs and folks that diversify a lot of the things that they want to do. So what I mean by that is the fact that, you know, you have your, you started your own business, Groznik PR, which, you know, I want you to talk a little bit about. You know, you're also a professor, a, a lecturer at Penn State as well, which was not new. And then on top of that, you have side hustles, you know what I mean? All amongst yeah. that. And you moved from the city, you know, to a smaller town. And that's that in and of itself is already something that's amazing. So, you know, you just you, you're doing a lot of things that I think is not easy. Um, and it would be great to, to better understand how you reached that point and kind of went, went into that. And more importantly, kind of what are some of the cheat codes that you would like share with with the audience for today? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, after college kind of found my way to New York city and, uh, I was there for about seven years. And I think after all that time, it, it life, I just didn't see, I didn't see life getting any easier. Like I was still grinding so hard, like barely making rent, like just making enough to, for rent and to like, you know, maybe go out to dinner and go out a few nights and, um, you know, paycheck to paycheck really. And even just looking like five years down the road, like I didn't see it getting any easier. And Mm -hmm. I think there came a point, um, where I was just like, there's gotta be a, a a different way to this. There's gotta be, there's got, there's gotta, this can't be what it's like. Um, so I think around that time I started listening to some entrepreneurship podcasts and, you know, on, on my commute to and from work. Um, and you know, the way they just talked about entrepreneurship was just something that like really resonated with me at the time. I wasn't really happy in the job I I was at and, you know, kind of figuring out like, what is the next step? Um, and, and, and what does it look like? Um, around that time too, uh, you know, I was getting married mm-hmm. and, and you start having these big conversations of like, what kind of life, what, what kind of life do you want to build together with your, with your wife and stuff? And I, I don't think we saw that in New York. And as much as we, as much as like, I, you know, there were times where I thought I would end up in New York for, for the rest of my life. Um, but the older I got, the more I realized like, I wanted something different. I, I don't think it was right for me um, and for, for Andrea, my wife. Um, well, let so, me ask you, let me ask you that. I mean, I, I think about, I mean, you, you, you know, you're a journalist by trade or a journalist slash PR. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you go to Columbia, you, you said you were in, in New York for a bit um, and you know, you're kind of doing it right. Like, I mean, yeah. solid, right. Journalists go to Columbia, do it. I mean, yeah. you know I mean, beautiful, like, you know, fiance, like things looked good, you know, yeah. Right. Things look good. I mean, that's a good life. When you think about entrepreneurship, then like, how did you um, go from, Hey, I'm going to be a journalist to like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And how did you define 
what you were going to be investing in. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about what your entrepreneur you know, job is right now. Yeah, I think, I think the, 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 it's, it's the concept of 1,000 one true fans. So there's this kind of famous essay mm. uh, written by somebody uh, from Silicon Valley uh, called 1,000 True Fans. And the argument is you don't need, like to, be, to, have a really, to have a really comfortable, nice business, you don't need like to rake in millions and millions of dollars. You just need 1,000 people to give you $10 a month. And that would be $100,000. Um, and you know, you can make a, you can have a really nice life with a hundred thousand dollars. No, that's 10,000. Oh, you mean a hundred thousand a year? Yeah. A hundred thousand a year. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So 10, thousand people giving you a hundred or $10 a month for a year is a hundred thousand dollars salary. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and that just kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, well, you know, I, I don't know what I would build with for a thousand fans, but if you get 500 fans to give you 20 bucks, it's the same thing. Or if you get um, 100 fans to give to give you a hundred bucks a month. That's, that's the same thing. Yep. And if you keep walking it back, what I realized was like doing PR and marketing. If I have, you know, 10 clients give me a thousand dollars a month, mm. that's, that's doable. So when I started thinking about like, how do you build an agency, you know, that can support like a really nice lifestyle, it just felt doable. Like like 10, I only needed 10 clients to give me a thousand dollars a month. Like I already had the skill set for that. Like, mm. so I felt like I could maybe make that work. And I mentioned that, you know, so, you know, and I was already sort of doing that in, in the job that I was in, it was like political consulting and it, it was kind of set up that way. You know, we would work, you know, we would find candidates that were running for office. They would pay us a certain amount per month. And, you know, it would, it would fund the, the operation and stuff like that. So when I realized like, okay, well, that's the dream. I like that work. And if I can just, all I have to figure out is how to sell, sell myself, sell the business, mm -hmm. which like admittedly is, is the hardest part. Uh, you're in sales. Like, you know how hard, you know how hard it can be, but I guess like my drive was like, if I can get 10 people, 10 clients, mm. I can have this, I can, I can have this awesome life where I get, where I'm in control of every, where I'm in control of my time. I'm in control of who I work for, how much I work, when I work. Mm. Um, I, I just think that, yeah. So that, so I think it was like this essay, like the 1000 true fans thing that really kind of opened it up. You know, I actually, it, it, it's kind of interesting, right? Because, uh, Oftentimes people have said to me, oh, you know, Damien, like, you know, you have your normal kind of like consistent job that provides a lot, but like you should get into consulting, consulting. And it's always been like this big, like nebulous kind of crazy thing because I never, how am I supposed to live off of that? You know what I mean? Like how, you know, you just think of what, what does that mean? It's just so cloudy, mm -hmm. right? So cloudy. But hearing what you're just saying, like hearing, outlining what you just did, which is look, man, like, you know, it's, it's, hey, what it sounds like is that, your, the consultancy, your side hustle, your entrepreneurship project was based in the skill set of what you were already doing. It's just an expansion of what, you, hey, like I'm going to start an agency. I've already doing PR, like, so it's in my skill set, my circle of competence, I think. Yeah. Well, right? So that, that means the transition is kind of easy. You happen to be in a play, in a, in a role where you can get clients, you know what I mean? You can search Ooh. clients and then you can do that anywhere you want for the yeah. most part, right? Yep. So, so what it sounds like then, you tell me, I mean, I guess, 
I don't know if it's a cheat code as much as it is, hey, like if you are looking to be an entrepreneur and kind of switch, it sounds like making sure that you stay within your circle of competence, making sure that, you know what I mean, whatever you can do, you can find, start out with like that a thousand, you know what I mean? Focus on a thousand, uh, what is it? A, a thousand. Yeah. yeah, Seth Godin, who is like a famous marketing author, uh, has this, has, has this, um, concept about freelancers and entrepreneurs and a freelancer is someone who charges their time or charges money for their time. And that's what I do with my PR agency. So, uh, I work with clients and they have an issue, uh, or they might have a project and I build out how many hours that is. And I charge them my hourly rate. And that's kind of how I, how I reach a, a project basis. I also work on a retainer basis with, with clients that need me on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and that works too. Um, so what I would say is like the best way to like get into entrepreneurship is to go the freelance route is like, what are your, what's your skill set and like, what's valuable and what can you sell your time for? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and that, that's the great, that's a great way to get into it. And, um, there's a lot of free, so, but Seth Godin would say like, that's not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone that builds something that's beyond like that, that makes money while they sleep, you know, that it, it's, it's, it's building capital. Um, so like you, so selling like a, like if you're a clothing designer, like you said, you have this jacket, you make this jet, you design this jacket and then you can just make a billion of them, you know, however much the demand is, uh, and you can make much more money as an entrepreneur than as a freelancer. But what I always tell like my students is it's really hard to be an entrepreneur when you have a full-time job. It's really, so right. <laughs> it's just really, really hard. It's like, so, but what, but because I'm in such control of my time, you know, from a, from a, you know, I can take on more work from PR or less work, you know, depending on what I'm, what I'm trying to scale up or what I'm trying to do on the side. Um, I can work on it at different times. I can meet with people at, you know, uh, in the middle of the day for, for my entrepreneurial stuff. Um, whereas like if I was working full time for somebody like that's, that's really frowned upon. Like, I don't think anyone has a flexible enough schedule that just allows people to do that. So I always tell students, like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to like start a business, figure out a way to make money freelancing first. Right, right. right. And then, and then you can have like that base, that foundation and, uh, and then kind of like go out and build your app or your, your SaaS product or whatever. You know, and, I, and it's so interesting, right? Like what I like is like how, how practical and real that is and how you can hear, you can actually see the steps at some point yeah. to it, right? Where it's like, okay, well, let me think about what I'm doing today. You know what I mean? If I have a job, let me see if like that, you know what I mean? And then I can jump into the freelance. And then from there, the freelance, if there's a way to monetize something or create, you know, a product that I can put online or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Some type of course or something, whatever it is. If they can, you know, they can make some money on the side. And then there's a whole bunch of other things. It, it frees it up. You know what I mean? Your job, your, your lifestyle is now free to do, invest in other things because you can control where your time goes, right? Is that? Yeah. 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 And like the more, and then you can always raise your rates, you know, if like it's, if it's out of balance, like in like, you might lose some like lower tier clients or, or some work. Um, but like, if I get one client to pay me $2,000 a month, like that's, 
then I, then I don't have to have that one client and, and I have less clients to handle and stuff like this. So, um, yeah, it's totally like just a way to balance it. The other thing I'll say is, you know, I, I threw out that hundred thousand dollar number. Um, but when we were, when Andrew and I were just first starting out wanting to do this, like we looked at our budget and like, was like, what is the bare minimum we need to like scrape? Right. And it was, it was 48 K is what we thought. Like if we can make 48 K, we can live on our own and like work for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be tight. It would, you know, we'd be like, it, you know, cause we'd have to pay our own, we were buying our own health insurance, which is like a thousand dollars a month. Um, and all kinds of other things, you know, those kinds of things. So, but we were like 48 K and then, then we thought about it, like, that's just 4 K a month. So that's just four clients. So I only have to convince four people, like four businesses to, to work with me. Mm-hmm. And so then I just scaled it out. Like if I talk and you're in sales, so it's like, if I talk to 30 or 32, I only need one in eight to say yes, yeah. you know, or, or, or I just figure out like how many that is. So then once I figured out like, okay, I need to talk to 10 client, 10 people to get one client easy. Now I just need to set, get 40 meetings on my schedule. Yeah. 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 And, and like just kind of breaking it down into those steps. Um, Let me ask you then, I mean, you know, I'm kind of curious about it because what's always kind of uh, prevented me to some degree from diving in is I wanted to make sure, you know, the bank account was decent. I wanted to make sure that debt was kind of paid for. So the idea of me jumping into, you know, like jumping into, a, you know, um, freelance, I mean, it's terrifying. Like I'm not even trying to, I'm not even going to front. Like what was something with the most challenging aspect of that transition? Because it could not have been easy. I mean, you left... You know what I mean? You left a high-paying job. You just graduated from from Columbia, so you were about to make some real big guap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some real dollars. You transition out. I mean, what was what were those conversations like? What was difficult about diving in and saying, "Okay, you know what? We're about to do this this business." Yeah. Well, you know, in all honesty, you know, we were really privileged. Like, I didn't. Ha- we didn't have any debt. Like, we were able to. Our parents helped support us through through school. Um, so like we didn't have student loans. We all, we didn't have any savings though, either. Like, <laughs> so it's not like we were like really well off or, but, um, uh, what was hard? The hard thing really was the hard thing was like, was leaving New York was to, was to just be like, look, if this is the life we want, it, it's not going to be in New York. So like coming to terms with the fact that like, we're going to have to leave New York to, to kind of do this, if this is what we really want. Um, it's a big sacrifice. It was, it was, I think, you know, cause I think like we, I moved to New York thinking, you know, I was going to run that town, you know, eventually or whatever. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's just like, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think there's like just so much in, in the world telling, telling young people, t- telling people in their twenties that they like, you have to move to New York or you have to move to, San Francisco or whatever the town is. Um, cause that's, that's how, that's what successful people do. And, um, so just breaking a lot of those kind of mis like breaking a lot of those tight, like tightly held beliefs that I carried around with me for so long about like what success is, um, in redefining it for in my own, in this new life yeah. uh, was really hard. Well, I want to talk um, actually about that. I mean, how were you feeling about that? Cause like, I think a lot of people, 
and I'll just say for myself, I mean, especially, you know, when you're in your mid or late twenties and you're, and you're thinking about a, a, your future and what you want out of it. Um, you know, we have these ideas of what success is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? You're supposed yeah. to make six figures or you're supposed to have this type of watch. You right. know what I mean? I didn't have any of that stuff. You know what I mean? I, 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 I you know, I didn't take my first and I understand it's a, a crazy time and I'm going to sound privileged now, but like, you know, I never took a, a one week vacation until I was in my thirties mm-hmm. because I just, I, I couldn't, this is just me. I couldn't enjoy a full week of vacation when I knew I had loans and debt. So I just didn't feel comfortable taking that. So I took them from Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. You know, this is when I had a girlfriend and all those things. So I guess I'm curious to know, you talked about the challenge of like making that sacrifice and then, and, and, uh, you know, having to move out. And you talked a little bit about, um, these ideas, preconceptions of, of, of what success looked like. I mean, how did you, how did you handle that when you guys moved? You know what I mean? I mean, if I'm honest, I think it was a mix of like delusion and denial. <laughs> I think, I think part of me thought like, I, I think part of me felt like a failure felt, felt like, oh. like New York ate me, ate me up. And like, I'm just, I can't make it there. Like, I, mm-hmm. and and part of it, I really like looking back is just like, I never found like my fit in the city or I'd never found that job job that like really fit me. Um, I didn't find that passion. Um, uh, but like leaving New York, like there was definitely part of me that felt like a failure. So like the way I thought about it was like, it was like dilute. I was, I tried to delude myself or like convince myself that I was just like, no, like this is just the begin. Like this is like the stage of that you're gonna rebuild like this crazy empire outside of New York and realize like no, like you know, you, you don't, you know, New York isn't the center of the universe and blah 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 and you know, you know, you're gonna you're gonna make it back and come out on top and in the end, you know, like it's it's telling those narratives um, to yourself that you know this, this is this, it's like watching a movie, like, or like a quest, like when they, when they're at their lowest and you're just like, well, you know, they're going to make a second, second go at it. It's like Rocky or whatever. Um, but like, so I think like those, those narratives, which I mean, I, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I joke that I was deluding myself, but I do think like they play an important role of getting, getting, pulling you through tough times. Yeah. Of like, of you're like, okay, well that didn't work out. You know, I got to figure something else out. Like how can this next thing really be the success? Like, well, when I think, I mean, I remember when you, you know, when you guys left, I mean, and if you think about, you know, you guys moved, you now you've built this business, you have multiple streams, again, going back to, you have Grosnick PR, you're now, a, you know, a senior yeah. lecturer at Penn state, you have some other, you know, so many guns. So, you know, you took those same lessons and, and that, that resilience and you did build, and now you have the life that you want. You know what I mean? Big house, nice family. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's cross. Well, exactly. So that's what I would say. Like, I think those, that like those stories I told myself really did play a role in giving, getting a chip on my shoulder to be like, mm. well, I'm not going to leave New York and not crush and not crush it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, exactly. So right. it's just like, like I, I got to save face. Like I want to save face in front of you. Like you saw me leave New York and I'm sure you were just like, really Brad? Like, this is kind of like where the whole industry is. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm people like you. I had people in my head that saying like you know, right. that, right, right, even right. if it's true or not. Uh, 
So I think it gave me that chip on the shoulder. It gave me like that whole, like that Michael Jordan moment where, you know, he gets like brushed off by somebody. He's like, oh, that's it. I own you now. So it was kind of like I had to like kind of almost uh, manufacture that in my head to, to get to where, to where I am a little bit. And I think, I think it drove me. It, it helped, you know? Well, listen, man, we, you know, sometimes people say, uh, you know, don't set like these expectations on yourself and this and that. And I'm like, listen, man, if you don't have a standard by which you're going to be measuring yourself, like you're going to end up in some tough places. You're going to end up waking up in, in, a, in the gutter where you don't want to be. You know what I mean? And I I'm agree. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, Every year January comes around and people talk about like, oh, don't set New Year's resolutions. Like they never work out and stuff. And I'm always like, no, set them and crush them. Like what? Like, yeah. Well, what is, why, why not? Like, this is why it is. I'll tell you why it is. Now, look, everyone's different, but there's a thing. And I, and I heard it. It was on this video and it, it just talked about it said people don't like setting goals because then, you know, you, you can you can be measured by the failure of it. Right. Like failure yeah. becomes much more real. Right. But the issue with failure is that, I mean, you can talk to anyone like fail forward, like failure is where you get the best lessons. You learn the most and you grow the most. When you fail at something or don't reach it, you start to learn a different area, learn something new about life so that you can optimize around it. And then you're able to feed and grow that. So you don't encounter that again. So Mm -hmm. for me, I mean, setting the goals, watching you do what you did as well and seeing you succeed there was super inspiring. You know what I mean? Like I feed off of that. I try to get, you know, you talk about chip on your shoulders. I more or less just extract um, you know, motivation and inspiration from what people do, whether it's someone doing something that I've never done that I'm interested in or taking a leap somewhere else. So, yeah. you know, even though you may felt some certain way leaving, like, you know, it was very inspirational, man. And I'm so proud of you for like just kind of doing what you're doing, man. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I, you know, when I was listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts and, and you just hear, you hear enough stories of people doing it and you just realize exactly what you just said. Like, all you have to do is just kind of throw yourself at this stuff. And you'll, if you're smart about it and like you fail and you learn from failures, like you're only going to get, you, you, you get there eventually. Well, listen, man, that, yeah. I mean, I think that's, a, that's, those are just so much facts, man. And, and when I think about, um, I want to start kind of recapping because you talked a lot about a lot of good stuff, man. And, and really when I, when I think about some of the big things that I learned today, at least just, I mean, based on what you said is, a couple of things like if you're going to go and you correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, one of the big things is if you're going to turn to, to uh, entrepreneurship, you know, think about freelance first and think about figuring out ways uh, to whatever you're doing to like kind of get paid for it hourly and kind of go into the, the freelance version first. That'll then give you the flexibility to control your time where then you can become an entrepreneur and kind of expand your wings there. Is there anything else that you would say is kind of like, something if you can go back 10 years ago that you would, you know, that you would have kind of switched around. No, I think that, that, that I think that's the big take. That was the big one. Okay. No, no, listen, man, that's a, that is a big one. Cause I didn't even know that one, man. So let me ask them, you know, Mr. Mr. Grosnick PR, right. A couple questions, some, some rapid fire section that I want to know a couple things. How many hours of sleep do you get on average? Yeah. On average seven you know, some days are, some days are like, like six and a half and some days are eight. Yeah. What does your diet look like? Uh, <laughs> um, I eat primarily vegetarian, um, you know, with, uh, with some fish. I, I'll eat fish like once a week. You don't uh, eat anymore? I, not really. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know that. Nice. Love it. Favorite activity to unwind. We'll watch like an hour of TV and an hour of reading. Like 
at night, I think. About what are you uh, reading or listening to? Um, right now I'm reading a few books. I'm reading uh, uh, Sprint, How to Launch a Product in Five Days. Essentially, it's, it's written by the guy that kind of runs Google Ventures. And it's like the process that he takes through these, his startups through to to quickly fail, to fail fast. So fail within five days. So the book is about like this five-day process to to build and launch something and test it and in five days. So you can quickly get feedback and, and quick, keep iterating. I'm reading a uh, the book uh, Sapiens by uh, Harari. Sapiens, this one right here. Right. Yeah, so I actually I read that one, uh, but the one I got is is a uh, comic version. So he's he took that book and he turned it into a comic. And I've always really liked comics. Uh, nice. And so I'm reading that. And then, um, yeah, th- those are the two big ones. Two. What's uh, what's a sport or activity that you'd like to try that you have not yet, and why? Yeah, right now or in in say college, the a new rock climbing gym just opened. And I've been like on a rock climbing wall and I've like done it, but like, I think it was just like in like gym class or or whenever, just something only been on it for like 10 minutes at a time. So I'd love to like, just go and play for, for an hour or, or, you know, try that as a sport or like get a membership and and go consistently and just see what that's like. Cause I've never done that. Cool, man. Well, listen, man, I so appreciate you hopping on, stopping by the cheat code corner, man. Learned a lot. Um, you know, really appreciate the insight and the time. And, uh, you know, hopefully you come come back and join us. I'm excited, excited to follow along on this journey, man. It's going to be great. Cool, man. Thanks. Go, 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 go,